The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open again to the book of Luke today, chapter number 11, we looked at our Lord's inspiration for prayer, Luke 11, 1, Lord, teach us to pray. And last week, we looked at our Lord's instruction for prayer, Luke 11, verses 2 through 4. We'll begin today with verse 5 after a word of prayer and look at our Lord's illustration for prayer. Father, it is in Jesus' name that I come now asking for your grace and mercy and peace, even for this time of preaching. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. So please lay your hand upon my life. Touch my mind and help me to think properly. Touch my heart and help me to feel properly. Touch my mouth and help me to speak and preach properly. Lord, may all that's said and done be so for the glory of God alone. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Luke 11, verse number 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. 
and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now our Lord, having instructed these men in prayer, having inspired these men to prayer, gives them two illustrations or parables to enlarge his teaching on prayer and bring out the important necessity for prayer in the lives of the followers of God and of Christ. Two parables. Two earthly stories with heavenly lessons for us to learn. The first one, verses 5 through 10, is a parable where friendship is concerned. This parable pictures the readiness of God, and it emphasizes that God is ready. Friendship, verses 5 through 10. The second parable, is one where fatherhood is concerned. Verses 11 through 13. The emphasis here is a picture of the righteousness of God. Friendship and readiness. Fatherhood and righteousness. Now, I believe that these are parables of contrast. That is, our Lord is contrasting the Lord the Father, God, with the men, the friend, and the Father in these parables, and thus teaching truth by way of contrast. First, the parable of the friendship, verses 5 through 8. It is said here that importunity wins the day. But this is an emphasis, by contrast, on the readiness of God to answer us when we pray. God himself, the Father, is therefore contrasted or differs from the friend in the parable. Now, importunity is a pressing solicitation. It is an urgent request. And I have no problem with preaching the necessity of importunity that once you've prayed, then go pray again. And once you've prayed again, then go pray again and again and again. But I do believe that our Lord is teaching us here that while importunity is important to prayer, it is so more where men are concerned rather than God. And I would say this, the more we do pray, the more we are prepared for the answer. So the parable, one of an unwilling friend, one of an importunate friend, praying and asking and seeking and getting what he wanted, not because they were friends, but because he basically just got on his friend's nerve and wore him out, knocking on the door 
speaking about the need for bread over and over and over, and finally he wore him down and wore him out, so his friend answered. Now here's the point, verses 9 and 10. Do you believe that God is such an unwilling friend? Or do you not believe that God stands ready to answer, stands ready to be found, stands ready to open the door? Hey, friend, God does not need to be awakened from his sleep. He does not have to be roused from his bed. He does not have to be pressed upon until he finally gives in, opens the door, and supplies the need. No, God is ready to provide for a friend in need. But let the friend, that's you and that's me, let us beware and let us be those who are constantly asking and constantly seeking and constantly knocking, lest we be like the unprepared friend in this parable, and some poor sinner comes by our way, and our cupboards are empty, and we don't have that life-sustaining, life-giving bread to give him. No, let's not be called as an unprepared friend, but let's be one who keeps that holy habit of prayer, and we frequent the prayer closet, and we visit the banquet halls of heaven, and we bring home with us and put in our cupboards the very life-sustaining bread of God, which comes down from heaven, from the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Ghost, and the Word of God in the closet place of prayer. And then, friend, when we hear that knock on the door, and we find a friend calling out for us, and we find a friend asking for us to give him bread, we'll be ready, and we'll be able to supply the need. But aren't you happy and can't you just praise God with me that when we come calling, that is asking and seeking and knocking, it's not an unwilling friend behind the door. It's a willing friend who is our Heavenly Father. And He says so often, Ben, come on in. I've been waiting, son, for you to come. He's always ready to supply. But brethren, are we ready to serve? A parable where friendship is concerned. But now in verses 11 through 13, we see a parable where fatherhood is concerned. Whereas the friendship taught us concerning the readiness of God that he stands ready to answer. This parable pictures for us the righteousness of God. This parable is short, and it contrasts God with the Father in this parable. He says, in essence, if men who are fathers, while evil in their nature and fallen in their character, dare not reward their son's genuine request with an evil gesture of a stone, of a serpent, or of a scorpion, then how much more, there's the contrast, how much more shall the heavenly Father give good gifts, yea, the greatest gift being that of the Holy Ghost himself. Yes, the Father, yes, the friend will supply the need. He will send support in prayer. He will fill the heart with himself. That's the parable. Now, here's the point. 
If evil men know how to give good gifts, verse 13, how much more, or with what great contrast, and in far greater measure, shall not the Lord himself, who is righteous, give graciously out of his good bounty and provision, and give men the true riches, even that of the Holy Ghost himself. Yes, God will give of himself to men. So I emphasize and repeat what we've said throughout this message concerning the pursuit of prayer and how our heart's cry should be, Lord, teach us to pray. And we pay heed to God's instruction, to Christ's example of prayer. And in this manner, or on that fashion, we should pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, thy will be done. And so we repeat it and we emphasize that prayer is not so much seeking to have earth's will done in heaven, but rather to have heaven's will done on the earth. One of the greatest things about prayer, when I pursue prayer, when I pursue Christ in prayer, I find that while I am praying for God to change the things and the people around me, whether it be the home, the church, the nation, the world. I find this. I'm asking God to change the things around me, but all the while the Lord is changing me. Yes, prayer changes things, but prayer changes me. And the only way to live the Christian life, brethren, is down upon our knees. Lord, teach us to pray. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.